welcome to Dutch Wine Apprentice, the podcast. The following podcast is an integral recording of our talk show, Seller Talks. This show was broadcasted through Instagram Live on our Instagram page. For this reason, there might be references of images shown in the show and audio quality is affected. The full video recording of this show can be watched through our Instagram page in the IGTV section. This show, Season 3, Episode 4, was broadcasted on Friday the 23rd of April 2021. In this episode, we welcome Juan Principe from Bodega César Principe in Cigales, Spain. The Principe family is famous for their excellent red Tempranillo wines, in a region that is dominated by rosé wines. Using old vines, they changed their direction and became a success in the last two decades. During the show, we talked about Juan's experiences, the winery, region and their great wines. We also tasted their flagship red wine, a 2017 César Principe. Good evening everyone, welcome to another edition of Cellar Talks. And today we're in episode 4 of season 3. And we're going to talk about a Spanish winery in uh, the denomination or appellation of Cigales. And uh, our guest is uh, the son of the winemaker and the next generation uh, who will uh, tell us all about the winery Bodegas, Bodega César Principe. So let's see if we can get our guest in the show. Before we start, um, we will uh, talk about this in the story, but the uh, Cigales uh, appellation is uh, known a lot for rosé wines. So today we're not going to talk too much about rosé wines, but we're more going to talk about red wines, because this is uh, what they're specialized in, uh, the winery we're going to talk with. And um, of course, uh, uh, if you look at where they are situated, they're very close to uh, Ribera del Duero. So some good wines can be made there, but we're going to learn all about that. And just a minute before Juan will join us. Yes. Hello. Good evening. Hi, Lewis. How, How are you? Good. I'm good. Good, good. So uh, I was just explaining, we always have some issues with the technical uh, side of, uh, of things because it's uh, live and it's Instagram. So sometimes we have to be patient and we wait, but in the end, it always works. So. <laughs> Thank you for being uh, for being in the show tonight. First of all, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so I uh, I already explained a little bit, but I didn't want to talk too much about it about cigales and rosé wines. But uh, I already teased the people that we're going to talk more about it. That there is a story behind rosé wines and uh, red wines there. So uh, we will talk more about that. But um, before we go. And uh, maybe we do a quick introduction from your side. So tell us a little bit what your role is in the in the wine company and what your background is. So um, yeah, just for us to get to know you a little bit. Okay. So well, now I'm the the young boy of the winery because uh, I'm the last uh, entrance, like the the last guy in the winery. So now I'm learning about everything in the winery. Uh, I was working like the weekends or on holidays or from I was just a child. But in the last year, I was uh, working more and more in the winery at now till the last months, last year, I started to, to work full time in the winery. 
So now, um, my, but for the people to explain, for the people to explain, they don't know your your father is running now the winery, and you're the next generation to take over. Yeah. at some point, I'm the fourth generation uh, of the winery. Cesar Principe was my uh, grandfather, and Eutikio was my great grandfather. And we have we are now working on the vines on the vineyards who uh, Eudicio planted almost uh, a century ago. Like uh, so, your great grandfather planted uh, some or most of the vines that you're using still today. Yeah, yeah, and one of the vineyards we know uh, how long is this vineyard because my great grandfather planted on his 21 years so oh, when he was when on his 21 when he was 21 years old so it's easy to calculate yeah. <laughs> so when my great grandfather was 21 years planted this vineyard so now i'm working on on them with 23 years and four generations later it's uh, and you're still using some of the same same vines as yeah he planted back then in the time yeah uh, it's a, a long time and that's an interesting yeah. story but we'll talk more about that but um you didn't start in the in the wine business because when you went to school then afterwards you did something else first before going yeah. back in the, in the winery i was trying to learn about everything not just the wine uh, world like if you just i think i mean if you are learning about all the wineries, all the people from the wine, it's difficult to have another perspective of, mm -hmm. of it. So my father, he was always a kind of outsider of, of the wine. And uh, he told me if I wanted to learn from other countries, from other uh, businesses, like I was studying informatic engineer for three years and then uh, I was uh, working on publicity. It's not uh, the same business, but I was working on creativity advertising in Madrid. And now I can learn from the winery, but with another perspective. I know how the uh, informatics businesses work and the, how they advertising or big brands advertising how work. to build also build or maybe uh, reinforce the brand for the winery yeah that's it yeah or, or just uh, learn how the people in the big cities work and now i can take the good things from them from there and bring it to the village to the yeah. uh, our Small you still have you still have to keep the tradition because it's important so you cannot uh, uh, change everything but you use some of this uh, knowledge that you have to make changes or improve or yeah try new things at least yeah but always with the tradition yeah. i mean now i'm learning just learning and try to trying to help in the things I can ma manage. Like yep. uh, we're trying to 
do the traceability of the wines, all the computer things in the winery. It's more comfort comfortable for me than my father, so I can yeah. uh, work with it. But I'm not changing like the winery gonna be so different because this is bad and this is no no no. no. I'm learning. A lot of things, most things are already good and they don't need change, but some things you can add, maybe. Yeah, I can bring these good things to the next generation. I'm not changing and every, the... And, and every generation brings a little bit, changes some extra to the recipe. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think it's a good way of, uh, of thinking. So, um, talking about Cigales, um, for the people that don't know, because before I got to talk with you, uh, I was not, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that I'm expert on Spain, so it's normal that I don't know all the appellations, yeah, but Cigales with me was me for quite unknown. So, when I did the research and we talked, I heard about uh, Cigales as Rosé, well, it used to be, not anymore only. But tell us a little bit about where is Seagal is located first and what is it known for? Okay, uh, do you want me to show my window and where are we now? Yeah, we can do it. But first maybe uh, we talk a little bit about where it is situated okay. on the map with uh, the other regions okay. that are neighboring, uh, for instance. Okay, so first of all, we are in, in Valladolid. It's the city of uh, Rivera del Duero, uh, Rueda, uh, Vinos de Castilla y León. It's like uh, wines of our region. And Toro, a bit of Toro. And Cigales, yeah. it's probably the, the smallest uh, region of wine in, in Valladolid. We are really close to the, to the city, like five minutes to the 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 center to the downtown of of Valladolid, Valladolid? Yeah. yeah like five minutes I, I can see Valladolid from here right now but we're really small like from here to the end to the end of the uh, denominación de origen to Cigales it's 15 kilometers it's so They're really small, small. Yeah, and but you're also wine... enclosed, neighbor, you're neighbored by these big regions, famous regions like Ribera del Duero, is next to you. You're sort of yeah. in, in, close yeah. in with the other. Uh... We're from here, uh, 30, 30 kilometers from the start of Ribera del Duero. And yeah. our last vineyard uh, in Cubillas, another village. Uh, 10 kilometers from here. It's 20, 15 kilometers from the start of Rivera del Duero. Yeah, and so close. In the, yeah, we are so close. And from Rueda, uh, we are like 30, 40 kilometers from here. It's We are all in the same place, but you have to put the, the limit in you, you cannot say like Somewhere Valladolid, the line, but the line is not natural. It's artificial. Yeah, of course, of course. There's not any terroir uh, different here because there's one mountain or no. It's you have to put the line. 
And if so the if land... you look at if you look at the soil and the climate, for instance, the differences are not that big. You're saying between uh, Rueda or uh, Ribera del Duero. Maybe Rueda because the the feel it's a bit different, but not too much. I mean, it's a a few kilometers, so you cannot change the. It's not no, crazy. No. But we're more like Rivera del Duero. The the fields and the are maybe very similar, but Rivera del Duero it's one hundred thirty kilometers, I, mm -hmm. I think, or something like that. So it's really different from yeah, here. Yeah, so we, to... we did within the appellation of Rivera del Duero, yeah. there is even obviously more differences. Yeah, that's it. So uh, sometimes we say. Uh, we can make a, a really good uh, red wine and in Rivera they can make a good rosé wine. Yeah, it, it's not uh, impossible for both. Yeah, it's possible. And sometimes the people say, no, I don't want a rosé wine from Rivera del Duero because Rivera it's a really good um, red wine. Yeah. But they say, I want. I prefer the cigales, and it's a. You can try a good one from Rivera. They also did uh, good rosé wines before the uh, Tempranillo Revolution. So sometimes so you have you, to. If you do a blind wine. tasting with people, for example, would you go to Madrid on the uh, Plaza Mayor or something, and you put a table with. Uh, three bottles of uh, rosé wine from uh, Rueda, maybe, and uh, Ribera del Duero and Cigales. People probably, if they don't know what it's from, where it's from, they will just pick the, the different bo other bottle if they don't. Uh... Maybe you can't do a rosé wine from Rueda. Yeah. I I'm not sure, but maybe, and the thing, why we are famous, because we was talking about uh, why is Tigale is famous for what? Yeah, which so one? what happened? Something happened because for some reason people yeah. think it about it like this. But Tigales it's really famous for the rosé wines. And why? Because we are really small, the wineries are so, so small. Uh, and why we are famous because of the rosé wine? And it's a lot of years ago, like 30 years ago, the rosé wine for Spain, the whole Spain, was from here, but not made in here. I mean, probably you can buy some wine in Galicia, in the north of Spain, in the south of Spain, but they sell it from here. And this is why... So, so the, the, uh, label, the label says uh, Cigales, but... To be honest, yeah. it's not, it was not really from Cigales, most of it. Yeah, it, it was not Rivera del Duero, there was not Cigales. It was no uh, wine regions in yeah. Castilla León yet. I mean, yeah. 40 years or 50 there years. There was only Castilla and León, there was one big part, not just... Yeah, yeah, one big part and that's it. So, um, a lot of people from here made a lot of wine here and in around Castilla y León, also in the north of Spain and everywhere, but they sell it from here and now 
if you go to Madrid, maybe there's some people who was buying the wine uh, later uh, from Cigales and they say, oh, Cigales, Rosé. And yeah. it's that's, uh, and here in Valladolid, maybe Valladolid is a city which we drink Rosé wine for tradition. Yeah. In Madrid, uh, red wine. There's yeah, nobody no, drinks. Uh, nobody drinks red wine. Here in Valladolid, you can sell two millions of rosé wines. Not me. I mean the yeah, whole in general. The, the origin. All cigales can sell a lot of uh, wine just in Valladolid. But if you go to Madrid, anyone drinks rosé wine. So. So is it also a challenge? Was it a challenge because something changed that we will talk about that in a minute as well for you, for the winery is something changed because now you're producing very good red wine. So uh, we will talk about that. But it, was it um, for that reason, not a handicap or maybe difficult to in the beginning uh, start selling red wines because people have in their heads this opinion about uh, cigales and red wine and rosé wine. Mm, well, first of all, we're really small wineries. Yeah. We don't have the power to change maybe anything. So it's really difficult for us to, to change the mind of the people in big, small wineries. Yeah. If, if you have one, if Vega Sicilia was in Cigales, if... Yeah, it's different. Maybe if Coca-Cola, if you would put the Coca-Cola of soft drinks, it was different. <laughs> yeah. So it's diff really difficult for us when we was making rosé wines, when the Tempranillo Revolution, when uh, Tempranillo was from Rioja, and uh, 30 years ago, uh, the people, some wineries from here, tried to bring the Tempranillo to Rivera del Duero. And it was really nice. And then start Rivera del Duero. So um, also maybe you started a little bit the revolution from Cigales to let's say start Rivera del Duero up. The thing is, we, we had some uh, old vineyards, so we tried to a, a friend of my father who is. Uh, Cesar Muñoz, our enologist, yeah. uh, he made one winery very important at, at that time with old vines, just old vines. Doesn't matter if, if it's from Rivera, from Rueda, from Galicia, from old vines. Mm -hmm. He was taking a, a small parts of old vines. He was rescuing, he, rescuing more or less the, the old vines. Yeah. And, and he asked my father, Ignacio, uh, I'm making red wine with your old vines and it's really nice. Yeah. Why don't you try it? And my father said, said okay. And Cesar Muñoz, who is the uh, enologist of Chivite, it's uh, well known here in, in Spain. Uh, then, uh, they started to make the red wine in, in Bodegas de Sal Príncipe in 2000. 
So this is the point where the change more or less started to go into more red wine. Yeah, we uh, have 94 scores in Parker, in yeah. Robert Parker, in the first uh, vintage. So the first so, vintage that you, that you uh, released for the red wines, yeah. so this is the one, also the one I think we're going to taste today. So this is the flagship wine, still the same wine? Nothing yeah. changed in the, in, the, in, the, in the meanwhile? Well, the, the wine now is from uh, 17, but in yeah. But, but in, the, principle, in principle, we're more or less talking about what we're going to taste today. I know it's uh, 20 years later or more now, but um, the first vintage that was released there, you said, uh, got a 94 score uh, with Robert Parker. So yeah. it was an instant so, success, more or less. Yeah, because my father don't even know about Robert Parker. He was in so Washington. How did, how, how, how did he get the score? What happened? Who gave him? Who told him you have because, to go? Or... Because of uh, Cesar Muñoz, the enologist, he's really he knows about everything. Everybody. So yeah, so he was moving the wine, but I mean, my father was one. Vi, uh, I, I don't know how it says in English. Viticultor, the the person yeah. who works in the wine, in wine, the wine, the wine grower, not the winemaker. Yeah, wine, wine grower. grower. Sorry, yeah. So he was making the rosé wine with his father, Cesar Principe, and in the uh, underground winery, and that's it. And one friend of him said, "Why don't we try to make the red wine?" So my father started to do the wine uh, as he knew and Cesar Muñoz says why don't we try to bring this wine to Robert Parker and my father said who is uh, your this father guy? said okay uh, I don't I, if you want yeah right <laughs> and, and who is who is this guy and why why he wants to try my wine like he yeah. didn't even know about this and he went to Washington in 2000 for my father it was a really big uh, like mind-changing moment mm -hmm. of, of the wine uh, business so your uh, father stepped was... on the airplane with the wines to washington to go to yeah. parker for to rating for the rating yeah and it was really good uh, 94 points. And, yeah 94 points and for the first Vintage, it, it was like, well, my father don't, didn't know if it was good or, or bad or... But His reference, was really was, the reference was very limited to it. So for him, it was like, okay, um, I taste it. I think the wine is good, but it, it, compared to other wines, it's difficult for him to, was difficult for him to, to say what it was, how good it was or... Yeah, but um, this was the first moment we we thought that in, we can make a good red wines with the old wines. Yeah. This was the, the, so it, the in the end it took a guy in the end it took an American guy to give your father the feeling and the confidence that this wine was actually so good that he should stick to this red wine and focus on this. Yeah, Not and in I, my I'm father, exaggerating maybe, but... <laughs> the thing is, uh, Cesar Muñoz, the, the analogist, you can 
think about I can make a good wine, but sometimes if, if you think about it, it's really good. But for the market, it's really hard to sell one uh, yeah. red wine from Cigales. So the sometimes I think the the scores are really you have to know it maybe, but there's not the main thing of the wine. The, no. You can, so, but the thing is, for the market, if you have uh, 5,000 wines to taste, you can say, okay, that's 94 points, this is This wine can be better or not. It's a kind of reference, the, the scores. So, for the market to for selling red wines from Cigales, it's really important at some restaurants of uh, distributors. So let me let me throw a stone in the ro and a rock in the water here. Um, um, wouldn't it not? Because I earlier asked you. Uh, obviously, it might have been a challenge to sell red wine from Cigales because of the uh, ID that people had. Would it not already be easier to go outside Spain? Because outside Spain, nobody yeah. thinks about Rosé and Cigales. And Robert Parker says 94 points in 2000 already. Yeah. But the thing is, we, we sell the, the wine in... Uh, we was in Switzerland uh, a lot of years. We, we had a really good market there. And we're moving around the, the center of Europe. We was in, in London as well. We was in in United States as well, and now in Mexico, in in uh, Brazil, and we're moving around all these we're places. Because yeah. yeah, we are exporting. Because here, um, it's difficult just to sell it in. Because you think in Valladolid we have Vega Sicilia. We have uh, Rueda, we have Rivera del Duero, we have uh, Toro, we have yeah. a lot of wines. It's like the, the, the city of the of the wine from here in Spain. So Tempranillo. Really, yeah, from Tempranillo. So you say, okay, uh, it's really difficult to, to sell it here, but you like, it's nice to go to the restaurant in your city and ask for the, yeah. for your wine. <laughs> But yes, we are trying to export and we're moving around um, Europe and, and United States, America, because it's uh, so, easier. So maybe, maybe with, with your background in advertising and also business and, and computer science, you're thinking differently. Um, I'm not saying that your father never had the idea because maybe he thought about it as well. But for you, it's a different way of seeing it maybe than uh 20 years ago it was well now the thing is in advertising sometimes the the brands uh buy the advertising buy the brand yeah. like i wanna make uh, i'm the wine of the people okay pay for that and do it now i'm trying to be the speaker of my family culture. Yeah. I'm Sorry. not trying to make the brand. I'm just trying to... Uh, Articulate the family DNA. 
Yeah. Like make the, the form or trying to doing right, but not invent anything. I don't want to say uh, lies. I don't want to try to no. say... You stay okay, true, true to, the, to the, the core of value of the, of the family and the company. Yeah, that's it. And try to sometimes to speak not just of the wine and to uh, talk about the field, the vineyards. How do you uh, grow the vineyards? How do you make the wine? Uh, why do you use barrels? Sometimes the people say, I want a wine with 20 months of barrel. Yeah. Why? Uh, what's a it's variety? Not it's not guaranteed for something. Yeah, that's it. So sometimes I, I, and I'm young and some people from my age don't drink wine because it's for old people or for people who know about the wine. And I'm trying to make it easier. Like my father told to me, my, my father never told me, okay, try this wine, it's oof, barrel, vanilla, no. Drink it. Do you like it? No. Okay. Yeah. Let's okay. Try. Then you don't have to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not. So he, he, never for, he never forced you into drinking the wines. No. Or like no. And and now, uh, well, now uh, in my family and my grandfather, we we usually for the usual dinner or usual. Uh, Brand, so we drink rosé wine because yeah. for the us it's, for cigales, simple. it's the, the tradition for cigales and a lot of village from here and it's like a it's like food for us we have i already told you like bread wine and then if we have um, what what more but First of all, bread in the table and wine. And, and, and the rosé wine. And rosé wine. We call it clarete. Here, we ask, ask for clarete. So this is the, the name for, for rosé wine locally. It's uh, the name for the rosé wine here in Spain. And now for us, it's like a food. I mean, we are not alcoholic. We don't drink one bottle uh, per day. Each one, no, it's just if you want to drink one glass or, yeah. I mean, it's, a, a, it's not for drinking, it's just a, a food. And then in the weekend, you, you or we try one good wine, but I mean, we don't drink uh, Cesar Principe each every, every weekend. Day. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, for the birthday. I mean, it's our, our wine, but, but we're really, we don't like to, okay, Vega Sicilia, no, okay. It needs to remain special, and I think you're doing, you're saying the right thing, because yeah. you, you need to, um, and I heard people say this earlier as well, um, when they talk about, uh, um, I think even um, uh, Jean Benandrat said it about DJ, his father said, uh, I want yes. the people to link the wine with the moment when they drink it on a special occasion. Okay. And this is the same with, with your César Principe. You want it to be remain something special, which people think of, okay, this is when we had the birthday or something. This is when we yeah. drink this wine. 
this is a, a really good description of of why we make wine. <laughs> and, so you have and, two sorts. You have the daily wine, which is in your case rosé wine, and the special yes. occasion wine is the yeah the red yeah. wine. And, it's, uh, and I, I think it's a really good thing for the people who don't drink wine usually because yeah. they don't have to uh, know or enjoy one good wine. I mean, if if you don't really like uh, strong wines, maybe you you're gonna enjoy more one young wine of uh, with no barrel or three months or uh, just, six just months of pure barrel. Fruit fruit and you're gonna drink the 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 grape and you're gonna drink the, the grape and it's gonna be more enjoyable for you and if you prefer the strong wine with vintage of okay but let's try let's gonna see which wine do you prefer if and try and taste a lot of wines try one and about wine. Experiment, experiment a little bit with it, but don't okay. experiment with your day-to-day -day wine. You can have just like your regular day-to-day -day wine. You don't have to change it. Something you like, you drink, which you always can drink. And then for a special occasion or Sunday when there is the family, everybody, then okay. Maybe. Well, we also change the, the daily wine. We yeah. usually drink, if we are going to bottle the wine, we, we take this to home to try it because we have to yeah, you have to, to test what the way. quality is that's it but sometimes we we like to try another wine from uh, another parts from spain or if if one friend of me give me one bottle like try it and sometimes we try different wines well just some days because usually we have one bottle of clarete of yeah. Russell in the refrigerator. Yeah, it's always there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah I, I understand. I like the story. So um, in a minute, we will talk a little bit about the which wines you have. So the portfolio for the different wines, maybe a little bit okay. the numbers about the size of the winery. So how much uh, hectares do you at the moment make? How many bottles? Uh, well, my my father don't gonna tell it to me never maybe because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he don't like to say that number because some people um, put you in in the in in one yeah, number like okay you, you make one million okay you're that kind you make one thousand okay you're that kind and the thing is we can make a lot of bottles of uh, rosé wine, but if you're Pingus, the the wine of one thousand thirty, you're gonna make uh, one thousand bottles, and you're gonna make uh, ten millions of euros. Yeah, and you don't need a lot of And we can make one million of bottles of rosé and. We don't make uh, 10 million. Only, so. only a small part of what Pingus is making. <laughs> okay, so we make less uh, Cesar Principe. We cannot make more than, um, I, I don't know the number, but uh, we don't have more vines of 
Uh, yeah, but because for the Cesar Principe, you use the old, the oldest thing vines that you have, or yeah. So these so, are the centennial, centennial up to up to one hundred years, or how old are they? Uh, Fifty years. Uh, three of them are one thousand three years, because those vineyards was the ones who my my great grandfather planted on his 21 uh, year but the thing is there's not all tempranillo because no, different ones that's it so we took just the tempranillo and we make the cesar principe just with the tempranillo uh, uh, vines so uh, this is three of them and we have uh, more vines with 70 and 60 70 years so we make yes. the principle the with them but we cannot plant one vineyards one vineyard with 100 years it's not no, possible you can yeah, yeah you cannot buy them it's not uh, no so so we cannot make tomorrow one million bottles of Cesar Principe. Cesar Principe is these bottles. It's always With, always limited for the reason that the vines you use is old. That's it. We can make another wine. We, we have one young wine uh, with nine months in the barrel with wines from 30 years to 60 years. It's still old for some uh, yeah. wineries, but for us, we think it's enough for this wine. And the binders from 20 for now to 20 uh, for the rosé wine. So you this take the uh, for the rosé wines. You have uh, also you also don't want to use old ones because rosé needs to be fresh. The character of young and fresh fruity so not really the intense or the the, the how do you call it uh, deductive or concentrated style is this you don't need for the rosé yeah. one and, and it's not uh, i mean uh, an old vine it's good for because of the skin of the grape it's strong and the the, the skin give the the power to the wine but in the rosé wine, you don't you don't ferment the wine with the skin, so yeah. it's not that it's useless. You're wasting you're wasting it's, good uh, good grapes. That's it. It's useless. So it's good to have good uh, vineyards with good vines with the proper uh, productivity of the of the vineyards, but for the yields, you don't want to make better rosé wine with old vines. It doesn't work. No, I, I, I agree. So you make good, you make really clear choices on where to use for which wines to use, which uh, vines and which parts of the vineyard. So um, this one we're going to uh, taste uh, in a couple of minutes. This one is, uh, as we said, is the flagship uh, wine that you have. So for this one is using the older, um, older vines. I'm checking to see. Ah, there you are. I lost for the the connection for a minute. Now, yeah, you're back, huh? Eh? Yeah. 
Yeah. So we, I was saying we're going to taste this yeah. one in a couple of minutes, but this is the one that is used for where you use the old vines uh, we just discussed. Um, but I also saw last week you were planting new vines, right? Yes. Yes. And so what really is the project behind this? What are you going to do with it? <laughs> okay. It's we... not a secret or not? <laughs> no, 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 it's not a secret. It's just a thing of, uh, first of all, when you... Uh, my grandfather bought one uh, vine just like 20 years ago or 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, far from here, a bit far from here. And we went to replant. If, if you have uh, the, the vines and some of them dies because, because yeah. of the age, so you have to put the new ones. And my so father replace. Come, yeah, replace the, the vines. And my father was counting the, the missing vines. And he said, why don't we try to make another vineyard? And I said, like, it's too much, uh, I think. But the, the climate and the valley in, and the soil here, we think it's better than in the other vineyard. So we are making an experiment like I think we're losing the connection again, so let's wait a minute to see if we can get it back. In the meanwhile, uh, for everybody watching, we um, are going to taste in a couple of minutes the wine, obviously, which uh, already we uh, poured in and it's waiting for us. So um, just uh, a minute and uh, uh, Juan will be back. And uh, we're going to talk about this, uh, it's a Crianza actually. Red wine, Tempranillo based, and uh, this was uh, the one we're going to taste, uh, 2017 vintage, and it's a flagship wine for uh, Bodega César Principe, and this is actually the, where it all started with the red wines, and let's see, now we can get uh, Juan back maybe, just a minute, yes Juan. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's my problem or sorry about that. That's okay, <laughs> I, that's okay, you were back. I was, I was explaining that we were, were about to go for tasting for the wine. Um, but we talked about the new project and this is an experiment that you guys are going to do. We're trying to, to if, if we're going to make, uh, if we, we're going to plant new vines in a 30 years old uh, vine jar, it's oh okay so it's uh, it's it's not really good because we are uh, making the old vines with the young wine vines you cannot mix it you need to make a choice yeah. either everything out or uh, that's it so we are trying, we're trying to to bring the the vine here bit by bit and we're gonna try it but the thing is, if we prefer the old vines instead of the young wine, vines, so that's it. That's uh, only one way to find out, to plant and to, to harvest and make the wine and then you see. And the thing is, we have one vine jar uh, in the back of, of the winery and my father said like, this vine is too young for making a red wine. But he said like, 
if this vineyard was planted the year we plant, we made the the winery, it's 20 years old. Yeah. Because the winery it's has so young. 20 years. It's so young. But if you go to some uh, wineries or some, I, I don't want to make bad things, so I, I don't want to say bad things about any, but some some people are making really good red wines with uh, 20 years old vineyards. So it's, the thing is, my father said like, if I plant it now, in 10 years, it's going to be 10 years, this vineyard. And it's, 10 years, it's really fast. So the thing is, if we plant it now, when in my fourth, uh, in my 40th uh, birthday, it's going to be 20 years old, the, the vineyard. So... Yeah, but this, this yeah. is the thing. You're not, you're, you're, you're not, um, how do you say, you're never really only uh, planting vines for yourself. You're planting vines for your next generation. So when he makes a decision, it's not only about him, it's more about you. What you gonna do with it? That's it. That's yeah. it. And now the, the thing is, when we work in the field, when we work in the vineyard, yeah. uh, my father don't work in the vineyard just for making wine and just for, he's working in the field and making care of the vineyards because it's the legacy of the, of my family. And yeah. if he wants to go to me and my sons, and I, we have to work each year working on it. Each yeah. year, it's not a, it's not a project only for him. It's a project for you to take over and for your uh, sons. If you have children, to take over. It's not one decision yes. you make for one generation. That's it. Yeah. This is the the old vines culture. Yeah. And the, yeah. If you just want to make a business, you can buy grapes and you can buy wine and make that, your that own. That is different, wine. but you, you, you have a heritage. The vineyards is your heritage. And this is what you have to be thoughtful about all the time. Uh, it's, it's, it's always yeah. with you. It's, not, it's never a it's, This is a business, but this is not just a business. No. We feel it like uh, our home. And everything is the home, not the building, not only the vineyards, the whole winery, everything, the cellar, everything. And you have one wine in your house with the name of my grandfather. So yeah. it's an honor for it me. It doesn't go it's... away, yeah? it stays on the label every year, it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the wines you have. So can you quickly summarize uh, the different wines you make and then we're going to taste this special one um, in a couple of minutes. Awesome. I'm going to make a fast uh, review of, of the wines. I have them here. So I'm yep. going to start of the Rosé wine, the, the typical Rosé wine from uh, our winery. And Your daily, this daily is drinking wine. Our daily drinking wine. This is Clarete de Luna. You can read the clarete. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is a 
60% Tempranillo and 40% of different uh, varieties. And this is the, the, the color of, of the rosé wine from here. So it's this really red, the, more red than... It's red really red. Red. Yeah. But we have the charlatan. This is more like... This is, yeah. This is a wine from La Provence, but made in Figales. This is our project of bringing these, uh, these trend. colors. Of, the trend yeah. for, for light color wine, light color rosé wine. It. So we use uh, one really dark variety of uh, it's, <coughs> uh, red Grenache. I think Grenache, yeah. So we just... Uh, we it stay a little bit of time with the skin. We just put like you have a short 20. short skin contact. So for the people that don't know, the the shorter the time you use to uh, bring the wine in contact with the skins of the grapes, the lighter the color of the uh, wine and rosé in this case. Yeah, that <coughs> you can make a, a rosé wine with the color of you can make a rosé wine with the color of Red, red wine. If you take a lot, a long time with the skin contact, you can make a really dark uh, uh, rosé wine. So this is our two uh, <coughs> rosé wines, and now we have the red wines, and this is the. Trece Cantaros Nicolás. Mm -hmm. This is a, a young wine, um, nine months in the barrel, with the vineyards with 30 years, 40 years. <coughs> um, this is more smooth, more fruity than the Cesar Príncipe. And this comes with this label. With this brand, yeah. and here you can read Devo Trece Cantaros a Nicolás, firmado Eutiquio. It means I have to pay uh, 13 cantaros, it's 13 galloons to uh, Nicolás, and it's signed by my great grandfather. And this was one. Uh, writing in the wall of our uh, old winery because of my great grandfather had to pay this quantity of wine to his neighbor of the uh, winery. Because so a memory to your great grandfather who wrote it and you took it on the label. Yeah, we we took a picture of the, of it and this is the the label of the of the wine. Like it, and, sorry. Yeah, and because of in the old wineries, you have to full you have to fulfill the deposit to start to ferment it. Yeah. And if you don't have enough uh, grapes to fulfill it, you can ask to the neighbor like, "Hey, can you give me one gallon of?" Otherwise, okay, you cannot it. even do fermentation. That's it, because if, if you don't fulfill the, the deposit, you, you lose this, this capacity of, yeah. of wine. So, so he was making... Happens. So he wrote it down. That's it. 
I, we don't know if, if my great-grandfather paid it. <laughs> Maybe but... he did not pay it, but okay, the story is good. <laughs> Maybe better even. <laughs> And <laughs> now this is the Cesar Príncipe, the wine who, who, that's it, yeah. Which vintage you have also 2017 I opened? What, sorry? Uh, which, did you, which vintage did you open? I opened the 2017. I'm, I'm opening the, the 2017 as well. Oh good, perfect. I also like, yeah, yeah. I, you sent me 2012, I like it, but I didn't want to do it today, so I hope you took the same yeah. one, but it's good. You have to drink it with good people and in, in a good uh, place, and you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, perfect. But it's a Crianza, this one. Yeah, it's a Crianza, 100% Tempranillo, with all uh, vines. We... Um, it's in vase. The like the old vines are all in in vase. I, I think it's called. And my father was pruning the the vineyards himself till the last year or the two years ago, because he didn't want to prune in the wrong way. Because you can, it's bad for the vineyard. So it there's small uh, vineyards with all uh, vines we treat it like the the best we can do it and in the winery we make uh, we put it in uh, french barrels uh, 14 mixed it's a uh, 80 percent of French barrel and 20% of American uh, okay. and it's um, 14 months it's not just 14 months I mean uh, unfortunately the weather today is not so good I think so we uh, have to um, re-establish the connection every now and well every uh, now and then so I will just pick up where he left. Um, uh, the wine um, ages ferments for 15 months, more or less, in oak. And now let's get Juan back. And um, they use the old vineyards, the old vines, to uh, for the grapes to to produce. Oh, so yes. I, I was I was picking I was picking up. I I, I try and now. I have a bit of understanding about the way of working for your wines and your vineyards. So I was explaining. You use the old vines. It's minimum fifty years old. It's different ages, but minimum fifty years for the for this yeah. one. And you have uh, the fermentation, the aging for 15 months on uh, oak and then bottle. Yeah, but not always uh, 14 uh, months because if this vintage needs more time in the barrel, we're yeah. gonna leave it. And yeah, if... on, on the 2017 it says 15, but the, the 18 could be 14 or uh, 16 yeah. or 12. Yeah. That's it, that's it, because if the wine is something natural, each year makes the climate, the, the yeah. everything is so, different. There is no sense of making a rule that it should be this many months when every year the the, the ingredients are different, more or less. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So 
we try it's around 14 months or 15 months but depends on the vintage yeah. and now i think we can we can try it already yeah. i will show for the audience is really nice dark color and uh, recommend it to decant or at least give some air before uh, consuming the wine right it's really a fresh fruity uh, smell most of it and there's barrel on it you can taste the the wood but not too much because some years ago it was a uh, the the it was famous i don't know how to say uh, some wines tried to make really woody wines yeah. like stubborn stubborn wine even yeah and we we try to make this wine with the same and not move because of the because of the famous guy modas because of the modes yeah so we try to make first of all to have one not good wine uh, uh, we want to make a, a, a wine to enjoy yeah we, we say, yeah if we make one uh, really or too much complex wine because of because we made one fermentation in the barrel and we do did this with it. and you make crazy with these things we prefer to make one good wine to enjoy we yeah. say here que esté rico rico it's taste good who who tastes good yeah. you can drink two bottles if you want not not two bottles but in one dinner with your friends you don't you can drink it and not oh this is really good but just for one cup no yeah. it's you can and uh, you can drink it easily i mean not in the morning you cannot drink this wine in the no, morning no, no. It's, <laughs> it's still it's still too much alcohol also for that i think yeah. because it's uh i forget to tell for the people 14 and a half percent alcohol yeah it's an inter interesting wine because the nose is very, very fruity and even perfume-like and very soft and elegant, outspoken, but in a, a feminine way more. And the taste, the palate is really, really more manly, but uh, controlled still. So it's not like overshouting you with uh, the wood, like you said. Uh, a lot of people think that uh, uh, the wood needs to be the main player in the... Um, uh, and the experience, but this is really, well, it's obviously really there, but it's not too, um, yeah, too overwhelming, I would say. Yes, there we Sorry. are. That's, Sorry. that's okay. That, that's okay. We, we were, we were enjoying the wine, so yeah. Okay. Uh, we were, we were checking the connection. Everything was okay, but yeah. some, the so something. One moment, and then it can change. Yeah, so I was talking because uh, I'm not the, an expert of tasting wines. No. I, I don't want to say if uh, this wine uh, have to taste to vanilla, to wood. With, I don't want to make the things difficult. I just want to 
communicate to you how we make this wine, yeah. how my family try to make the wine. And what the reason is why and, they do it like they do it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And why we make the wine. It's so, sometimes we forgot that the wine it's to enjoy. Yeah, because not to think about it too much. Sometimes we started to think how the wine is say it's made and the complex of the wine, the the things of the wine, the, and you it's like drink the wine, enjoy it, and yeah. we can talk about how we make the wine because I think it's a really a there's reasons why you do the things you do, there's choices yeah. you make. That's it, but. I don't want you to to say. Do you like the vanilla with the red fruit? On because first of all, I don't know how to do it. That's the, the truth. And the second thing is, I think we can enjoy more talking about the the things in the field, in the vineyard, in my family, in the winery. Why why we make the, these things and why we make the barrel, we put these barrels better than just the liquid. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I would add to that, um, it is possible to talk about the character of a wine without talking about the notes or aromas, because this is very, how do you say, uh, if you smell vanilla, somebody else maybe does not smell it. So I, I agree with you, this is a difficult point. But characters, uh, it's possible last week, we had a guest uh, from Portugal, and um, they have uh, they named their wines after family members. So all of them, uh, they have a family member name. And what they try to achieve is to uh, create a personality in the wine that uh, aligns with the personality of the name, for the family member <laughs> that they name it for. So when I ask them, uh, in that case, um, when I was asking uh, Carlos, uh, we were tasting the Julian, uh, was his, is his father, and this is what the name of the wine is. I said, he, he explained it to me. I said, okay, if I ask you what it tastes like, you're going to say it tastes like my father. Yeah, more or less, this is it. Uh, you describe how your father is. I never met him. I saw a picture, but you like things like words like elegant or manly stuff like that people get an idea about that and you don't have to talk about vanilla or a raspberry or yeah i mean yeah you can do it but it's not uh... and i mean this is because i'm uh, from the winery I, yeah. I mean if if you're a master of wine uh, he can talk about it's different he's gonna express the difference between the this wine and this wine you're comparing the all the time and then you, you're not comparing it. it's just your wine and your... yeah that's it. because the master of wine can make enjoy can, can enjoy because of watching the differences yeah. and it's a really good world it's a, i think it's a really a it's rich. An art. it's, it's a mastery you need to it's, yeah, it's yeah, and if, if I'm a master of wine, we can talk about the difference between one variety from here and one, and this is enjoy as well. This is really good as well. But I'm, I work in my winery, I can talk about how we make the things here. And I think for me, it's a, 
I can talk more about this thing. And oh, less about I, yeah. I, I agree with you. It makes sense. So uh, let's go into questions. Um, last week we had a guest, uh, like I said, from Portugal in the family winery. And uh, Carlos's question was more or less, okay, um, you're in a family winery, you're in the next generation. So um, now you're working uh, aside your father together with him. Um, are you already preparing for the future in terms of the next generation? Uh, we already talked about it a little bit because of this vineyard behind the, uh, the winery. But, um, or are you really at this moment still really focused on the present as it is with him in, in working in the winery. So can you tell us a little bit about that? That's the question he had. Uh, well, first of all, uh, as I said, uh, as I already said, I'm learning, I'm helping in the things I, I can manage. Mm -hmm. But now I'm thinking in, we are two in the winery. We're uh, Ignacio Principe and Juan Principe. Now I think it's better for everyone to make a team, like go uh, as a team and focus on the winery, uh, each of, of us. And in, in five years, 10 years, when my father, if, if he wants to, to leave it to me, we can focus on the next yeah. generation. But for now, we, we think in, in work together, to to make for you to learn also uh, to 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 watch and to, to see because there is still enough to learn for you now at the moment. Yeah, and now uh, I don't really know how to make wine. No, it takes it takes time. My father is like uh, fifty uh, harvest at the moment, so he had every single problem he can have yeah. because he had a lot of problems and, and you of, don't get uh, you don't get them in one vintage <laughs> it takes time to get all these problems that's it. so uh, and how we prune the the vines how how we can manage the harvest how how we do everything it's a because we we take care of the of the wine judge. We make the wine, we bottle the wine, and we sell the wine. I think it's a val I think it's a valid point, and uh, um, I also understand if you're um, the longer you are in the company, it's sort of a natural process that these things. Uh, I mean, you, you get knowledge about it, and I think maybe also your father gets the feeling. Okay, maybe I have to some decisions I have to leave to uh, Juan and not, uh, not to myself because at some point you need to start doing uh, this transition for yeah, but, but for now I'm focused yeah. of, of learn and it's a, 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 a lack for me to, to have my father because he knows a lot of, of wine, he yeah. knows a lot and for me it's so I'm so lucky to have him for everything like i can ask of everything of the winery of the market of the uh, another wineries i can I, I can i have a really good teacher yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
and it's yeah. my father. I mean, <laughs> so. and, and especially for this winery, you have the best. There is no better teacher because he grew up in it as you grow up in it. He grew up in the same vineyards. He's seen the grapes develop, the vineyards, the vines develop. He's seen the changes and the choices his father made. And for you, it's the same. So yeah, you you have no other option to learn better than from him uh, in this perspective. Yeah. Okay. So uh, next week we are going to New Zealand. So it's very different, obviously. They even make red wines. I didn't realize too much. Uh, I knew that they made it, but uh, it's not famous for red wines. It's more famous about uh, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, more or less. Huh? But what? do you have a question for our guests for next week when we're going to talk about New Zealand? It's a very different country, but interesting maybe. My question is, because I, I was talking about my culture, my tradition, my, uh, my family and my wife. I want to know how the, in New Zealand, the, the wine production mm -hmm. exploded, like, I don't know how many years ago, but it's a thing new. It was like, it was there. Yeah. I, I want to know how, uh, how this changed the people from New Zealand to have the, I mean, how the, the village changed with the wine grow? So you, you mean the, uh, also the communities and the cultures? How the... Yeah, or yeah. his family. How, how his family or his winery or his, how he lived, how he lived the, this change? Because because I think it's very important. Here we, we don't, didn't feel the, the change of Cigales or Rivera or yeah. maybe in Rivera it's more important, but he was uh, normal. But I can imagine if in my village from one year to 10 years change everything, all vines, yeah. how the people learn to make wine, how the people learn to prune uh, the, the, the vine yards, how, how oh, it's... It's a, uh, it's a fair question because you have even, for example, only take your own winery, you have vines that are 100 years old. New Zealand, um, they don't have old vines. I mean, yeah, old is uh, relative, yeah. but it's uh, only a couple of decades. So uh, before that, they had sheep and there was uh, agriculture, more or less, maybe yes but not a wine industry. So it changed quite a lot. Change. And yeah, it changed a lot. And how can you, um, because here in Fuensaldaña, my village in Cigales, the people, everyone knows how to prune the, the vines. Because yeah. everyone have a family member one. or is in the same. Yeah. That's it. But when you go to a place who no one knows nothing about wine, and then boom, it's, I think it's crazy. It's, and I want to know how, how he feel it, the change of it's the wine. Interesting system. question. Our guest works for um, Villa Maria. It's the biggest family owned wine company in new zealand so it's uh it's not uh, it's not i would say a winery because they have multiple different wineries and labels oh. but um because they are the biggest wine company in new zealand and but still family owned they have influence strong influence 
on different wineries and different regions in New Zealand. So I think they can, uh, well, they would be able to uh, answer uh, how that changed. Uh, over time. Okay. Good question. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say if somebody else has a question, we can still do it, but I had no question dropping in. So um, I have one last question in the meanwhile, and maybe somebody else uh, uh, drops one and then we can handle that. But my question would be, and I know it's sometimes really difficult to answer, but um, you already told me that uh, you also try to, or try or like to drink wines from other winemakers and, and other regions because it helps you to learn things, but it's also just nice to enjoy something very different. Um, I know you have a good relationship with... Um, uh, Jean and uh, the Belondrat family. So my question is not about them, but maybe the answer is them. My question would be, um, from all these wines that you drink and all these wineries that you tasted, which is the one that um, uh, you learned from the most, more or less, from their wine and how they did it? An example that you maybe carry with you where you think, okay, uh, interesting how they do this, and I want, maybe I want to do the same, or even if I don't want to do the same, I I think it's really interesting how they do it. Can Can I talk about Jean? <laughs> yeah, you can. I mean, I bring it up, but uh, like I said, if you want to talk about somebody else, he's not going to be angry. I think. So uh, yeah, the thing is uh, not just as as friends, but the thing with Jean and and. Uh, his uh, project it's he he knew that they knew how to make one really good wine of a variety who didn't the people said like it's white wine simple for wine the simple wine Whatever. and they knew how to put this simple wine here the level up level up and now i think he's uh, the, the winery belondrade it's one of the most important wineries maybe from here from spain at least and it's really difficult to to level up and to recognize uh, your wine like that and i'm from a region of rosé wines and it's really hard for me to to think about outside this box yeah so for me it's a reference because they knew how to put one uh, simple uh, variety in the top at the top and i want to bring the red wine of a region of uh, rosé wines on the top so for me it can be an outsider reference. I think they are really outsider. They they thought uh, it could be really good. Uh, Didier was a visionary. Like people uh, at the beginning thought he was crazy. Probably, I mean, you can say this, but at the end, nobody, everybody thinks he was right. But <laughs> at the beginning, nobody thought that. But he came there from France, <laughs> and now. Everyone thinks he's a genius. <laughs> so it can change in 20, 30 years. 
you can change everything. So you still have at least 20, 30 good years. Yeah. So now it's time for you to learn the trick. And I understand why for you it's very interesting to see how they did it. And and I also talked with uh, with him about it. Um, they're talking also about the white wines of Spain in general. So how they can sort of uh, increase the, the name or the, their brand recognition or the value for white wines in Spain. Because red wines, okay, they're also on a certain level. I mean, you have a challenge for Cigales, but red wines in Spain in general, Rioja is a strong brand. Uh, Ribera del Vero yeah. is also already strong now. So the white wines, they also have a huge challenge. So I know they're, he's trying to teach these things to other winemakers yeah. as well there. Yeah. I have a lot of homeworks yeah. now. Well, at least you're not so far away, <laughs> so you can pick the car and go have the barbecue with them. And I know you do it, so I think uh, you should uh, keep on learning from uh, everybody that inspires you. So even if it's not your neighbor, uh, I think uh, you can only learn from people that do it's different things. And it's uh, uh, lucky. I'm so lucky to have John uh, at this as a friend more than the wine or, or as a the colleague, business. Uh, just as a friend personally as well, yeah. So this is great for me. I think, I, think I, like, I, I, like, I like the answer. I, I was expecting it a little bit, but you could have uh, maybe tricked me coming up with somebody else. It was okay. And maybe then afterwards I get a phone call from Joe. Why did he not say you've been on that? I don't know. <laughs> you no, made a safe choice. <laughs> I, I talk about Jean because you already talk with him, you know yeah. him, the people from the channel know, knows him. So it's, I think it's easy. Here uh, in Pago de Carrovejas, it's, uh, I think it's a really important when you're from here. There's, I, I, I think there's a lot of really good uh, wineries and people who are referenced, but I mean, we are really similar uh, in the outsider thing of yeah. our product, so yeah. he's uh, yeah. So we have my problem, he have his problem, and he solved it. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. You want to learn from that, but maybe maybe a, a, a last thing to remark on that. Uh, maybe your father found somebody uh, like that. It's a, a very different situation, but when you talk about winemakers. Um, he got lucky to have an experience, to have a very experienced winemaker help him, convince him more or less what he already thought. But well, he, he was also, somebody else said, okay, why don't you give it a try? And these wines are old, but they're good. And so you make good red wine. So yeah, everybody needs uh, in their life, on their path, somebody that gives them a direction where they say, yes, and here, I think it's really important to know about other wineries, but we are not like a competition. No. Uh, I'm making this wine and you're making that wine, and my wine is better than yours. And no, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. So we, we try to learn uh, one by one uh, to know another uh, wineries to go to see how they make uh, this thing possible, how they make this wine, yeah. and I think it's uh, these some wineries are so close, so uh, they don't want to say anything yeah. to anyone. Everybody, needs, everything but, needs to be a secret, but uh, yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of wineries who wants to share everything and. 
uh, welcome to my house and it's, yeah, but imagine it's, imagine your father had 50 50 vintages to learn it's already a lot but and he's still working so he will be more but if you ask the neighbors and the neighbors next to it and all their neighbors they also have 30 vintages 40 vintages 50 vintages if you all combine together this knowledge and experience ah, it's yes. massive There's, it's a lot yeah. and how to burn the the vines it's not uh, different from okay, your I, to you. Yeah, different. It's because you have to take the decisions of, of when you further. And I can say, okay, I'm gonna do that. And my father said, no, don't do that. Try to make this because you can make this one and you can ask another one for. No, don't do it. Don't do they it. Will have you a have to. <laughs> That's it. So it's really uh, good to know another perspectives and, and other things and learn from the people. Totally agree. So, and, and you help us to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I also learned a lot from the talks like this. Eh? I mean, I'm also uh, let's say feeding on knowledge that you and your father had, and um, now in the results it comes down to this, and uh, we enjoy it. And like you said, the most important thing is to enjoy it but still uh, the background and how it comes together how it gets in the bottle and in the glass in the end it's a really nice story and i always recommend people to try to read up a little bit more or maybe talk to the winemaker if they can to understand why the choices they make are made and how it affects the end result and i i want to say just one thing yeah. uh, I think now there's not a, a bad red wines. There's not bad wines because now uh, there's not any mistakes like a, a lot of a lot of years ago. No. Now I think every wine is correct. The overall quality is, is good. Is average yeah. or at least minimum. That that's it. And it's really hard to make wine. It's really hard to make wine. It's not. There's a uh, lot of water, decisions involved. A lot of decisions, the climate, the people, the the wine. It's natural. There's not Coca. There's no Coke you make with salt and sugar. And no, you have to work with the field and with the market and with the the people, the the uh, hospitality, the the uh, restaurant there's a lot of work behind so let's try sometimes to don't say no i, I don't like this one this is one. no respect uh, i just <laughs> i always say i mean I, I also have a limited experience in about wine knowledge and tasting but um, it didn't take me long to figure out that you can recognize quality in a wine without having to like it because like is a preference, is a taste, but still you can look for aspects that are signs of quality. And this yeah. is the choices of a winemaker in the end. It's their product, it's their wine, so they're allowed to make the choices. It doesn't mean that everybody will like it, but that's a different story. The quality still, and the choices are good maybe, but the preference is different. That's it. 
Anything else. <laughs> Thank you very much, Juan. And um, I don't know if you have a last remark or uh, um, for the people that watch, but uh, I, would, I really liked our, our talk. Um, I hope uh, to, uh, yeah, I hope yeah, to see yeah. more um, uh, Cesar Principe wines in uh, other countries, like in Holland, but I know you're working on it. I'll try. Yeah. I'll try. So it's, Thank it's you important so much for people to know when they, see, when they see the wine that they try it because it's really good. I don't have to uh, exaggerate on it, but it's uh, truth. And uh, I, I know you're working hard on getting more wines in different countries, so it will come. And thank you so much for inviting me because it's really, yeah, it's really uh, good for me uh, to meet people like you, just as as uh, good people. But for me, as a business, we're really small winery, and have the the time to speak with you and explain my winery and how we say. And you gave me this time to explain myself. So thank you so much. Happy to do it. And um, uh, you came in highly recommended, but you delivered. So uh, to be honest, it was not exaggerated, exaggerated at all. I think it was a wise call to ask you for the show. Um, I think people, uh, a lot of people enjoyed it. That's why we are making the recording of it. So they can watch it later. It will be on Instagram. And um, I, I wish to be at the head to to the recommendation from John. Okay, very good. Now I think you have a very good, uh, uh, a very good story, good wines, and I think there's a lot in the future, even more to uh, to grow and to yeah, to, to build out uh, the family brand and the family winery. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Have Nils. a good evening, and um, of course we're going to taste. Uh, you send in some of the other wines over time, so people that are curious about the other wines you showed us, uh, we're going to review them on the Instagram and the posts. So uh, keep uh, keep your eyes open, people, if you want to learn more about the other wines, because this excellent uh, wine is going to uh, uh, yeah wash down very easily, and I don't think it's going to last for days. So after this <laughs> one, we're going to go for the next one. Thank you so much. Thank you yes. and have a nice evening. And uh, thank you everybody for watching. And next week, as I said, we're going to New Zealand. So it's a very different country, but uh, it's also going to be an interesting story. And in the meanwhile, stay tuned for the reviews, for the wines, uh, for Cesar Principe. Um, want to thank your father as well. And um, although he's oh, not here, he's, a, he's obviously a very big part of the company. So thank him for the wine. And um, yeah, everybody, thanks for watching. Have a good evening. Good Cheers. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to visit us on Instagram at Dutch underscore wine underscore apprentice and check out our website www.dutchwineapprentice.com for the latest news and content. You can also subscribe to our newsletter through the contact section of our website.